Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wicked interview, from my point of view anyway, um, about 10 songs that shaped and changed and soundtrack your life. I remember. And it came at a very pivotal point in the day for me because I'd just done two really awful interviews beforehand. Why? As I'm sure you have from your side. Just the guys weren't interested. They didn't want to be there. Their answers were incredibly yes, no, I don't really care. And so I was kind of like, oh, you know, when you just have a couple of bad ones in a row. And then yeah. you have a really good one, and you yeah. think, why can't they all be like this? Well, I can tell you, I can answer that question, actually, um, because I've been on both sides of the fence. Yes. Um, when you are very tired and you're overworked, Larry, do you think we could get a bin in here? A bin. A bin. Thanks. Uh, when you're over, see, I say that because, not because I'm repeating you, but because my missus is English. And right. when I'm home, th- there is no, my house is, is like England. So there is no speaking. Like you can't say, hey, I'm going to go take out the garbage. Because you, 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 what you find is that there's, uh, there's no point. Because, the, what? Or you say, hey, uh, the, the, the can. And that, what? And, and so instead, so to avoid that, after a few years, you just start adopting it. Yeah. So, uh, and it's a conscious effort, it, right? Well, it and was. And you have to want to make it. It was a conscious effort at first. Yeah. To, for me to uh, learn the, the word. Thanks, Larry. Um, there was, my, my dad is, is, uh, is from Manchester. So he's, uh, but um, my missus is from uh, Tottenham. So. Right. So, and her whole family is as well. So they, you know, and they come over a lot. So, so it's literally like England in my house. <laughs> um, so, whereas I'm the only one with an American accent in the whole house. So right, it's just wow. like, okay, well, you know, what am I going to do? I can either stand staunch and, <laughs> and, and make my, or oh, this is, no. But, and then I just said after a while, you know, I don't care. I was yeah. just like, no, nah, let's just, we'll just do it your way. Yeah, yeah. So the football is on TV. The whole thing is happening. Now, now I know. So do you live over here? 
I don't live here. I live I live uh, in in New Jersey. Right, you're uh, still over there. Yeah, still over there. But uh, her whole family uh, moved. Uh, they most of them live in in Canada. All right, but, okay. but they uh, but she lives uh, obviously with me. So, yeah. Um, yeah so they, they visit all the time, and they're they're always coming over. So it's it's really become like uh like there's there's a kettle and there's like a good kettle. Yeah, and there's like tea and all this stuff. I don't drink tea, but you, oh man, you so I used to drink a lot of coffee. And then I started working on a breakfast show. Mm-hmm. So by 10 a.m. every morning, I'd be on like cut number five because mm-hmm. I've been up since five or six in the morning. And I just found that it was tweaking me out. So I started drinking green tea, herbal tea, stuff like yeah. that. And I never looked back. I like some of the tea at night. At night, the... the, the like the tea. nighttime. Yeah, the nighttime tea. It's nice. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> and they, they make a good tea. The one thing I do know is that it'll burn your face off if you, if you touch that tea as soon as it comes out of the kettle. Because I didn't know, you know, because... We, I had a kettle just from being on tour. I, I just found that kettles were easier, so I bought an American kettle at like the Target or whatever. Yeah. And I would turn it on and it would be fine. Uh, and then the minute that, that we got together, she comes over and she goes, this kettle is not hot. <laughs> it's got to go. It's got to go. <laughs> so she orders this little like $20 kettle from somewhere in England, like Sainsbury's or whatever, yeah, and it's yeah. like sends it over here. And it's the, it's like the devil's tongue. It's so hot. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> but it, for me, that's funny. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, back to your question. The reason <laughs> bands get very tired yeah. and they get worn out from sometimes from the questions, sometimes from the just the daily grind of it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes there's something going on at home. Sometimes they're just missing home. You gotta like the one thing you gotta remember about bands is either that a lot of the times is that if you have a bad interview, sometimes they could have had three or four bad interviews right before you. Before you. Yeah. And whereas like they're because people don't like to be poked, you know, uh, in in general. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind as much uh, anymore, but, but I'm, I'm experiencing this. I've been doing this for 12 years, so I get it. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't expect everybody to be my friend. Yeah. Um, and I don't and expect everybody to... the same from my side like, as well. Yeah. But I, I think sometimes for me, and I'm not going to, you know, speak out of turn here, hopefully, but some people just aren't that interesting. That's true. <laughs> some people, and some people are not that interested yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. Is some people don't understand that the real thing about the press or podcasts or anybody that's interviewing you, you have to understand that they're doing you a favor because you, they're sort of amplifying your voice. Like essentially when you're in a band, you're, you're playing on an electric guitar that's not plugged in. And then the press plugs it in. And whether it's good or bad, yeah, they're, right. they're telling the world this person exists. Because I have never in my life read a review of a band that I wanted to hear if it was a bad review and not bought the record. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it yeah. doesn't really sway. Yeah. Like, it might sway somebody to be like, I've never heard of you. I'm not going to check it out. But, like, if you like a band and, like, if somebody writes a bad review about Noel Gallagher's record, there's no way I'm not buying it. Do you know what I, I watched care. last night? Have you seen it, Supersonic? I have. I watched it last night. and I watched it the day it came out. I was going to ask you about this later in the conversation. Let's just jump in on it now. Yeah, yeah. There was a moment when he's talking about Nebworth. Obviously, they played to uh-huh. a quarter of a million people. Yep. And he was saying that in today's world, with the just kind of internet-driven, mobile phone-driven, closed-off society in which we live, he's like, mass movements and events like that just don't happen anymore. No, they don't. When he said that? that, I agreed. I was I was in shock when he said that. I was just like, he's right, man. There's not... You're never going to be able to have something like that again. I mean, there'll always be festivals, I think. But the one thing that he also said is, Noel said, the one reason that the live gig will survive is because you can't download a gig. You yeah. can't download that emotion that you feel. You know, you can download a gig, but you can't download the emotion that you feel when you're in an audience with a bunch of other people and you're singing... And the minute everybody goes, so savvy, kid. You know, you can't download that yeah. feeling. That's, to me, it's like being at a football match. Like, when you hear those people just start screaming and they do the chant for the team, you're like, even if you don't like it, you're just like, what? This is amazing. It's it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. You have obviously felt that yourself being on stage in front sure. of some big crowds in your time. Yeah. Um, we're jumping all over the place, but I love it. Let's go. Oh, go. Yeah, Glastonbury, go. 2009. Yeah, 180,000 people. Um, one of the best days of your life? Probably. Up there? Yeah, up there, for sure. One of them. Not the best day, but one of the, one of the best I days. I wasn't there, but I've seen both set clips and highlights, and you're obviously in the tent, and would this have been Glastonbury the first time you yeah. guys played it? Because it was, was it the year after 59 Sound came out, right? It so was, uh, yeah, or it was the same year. 
Right. So it's early days for you guys, right? It was pretty early days. I think it was the same year it came out. I'm not... No. Yeah. Yeah. It was 2009. Right. No. So it came out in 2008. So yeah, it was 2009. Following summer. Following summer. And you go, yep. what, what's that sound? Yeah. Sounds like the, the waves crashing against my hometown. It was crazy. And everyone's like, what's this going about? Yeah. <laughs> it was really crazy. Out walks Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Talk us up to that moment when he comes on stage. How did you make that come about? Um, it didn't. It just I just walked up on stage. I was going towards the stage and all these cop cars show up. And I was like, all right, somebody's going to jail. I was like, what did somebody do? I was like, I didn't know what we did. I thought somebody like messed up a passport or something. And and then out steps Bruce Springsteen, and I was just like, "What are you doing over here? Like you're hanging out with the you never met before? No, no." Um, and we were just in this little tiny like shack, you know, like not even like a a dressing room would be a a nice thing to call it. And and he just is like, he's like, "I want to play that song with you." I'm like, and my first question was not awesome; it was, "Do you know it?" (laughs) Like, which shows what I'm thinking all the time. (laughs) Do you know it? Yeah, I think I do. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that, that's how it happened. It was just that, out of wow. nowhere. There was no phone call. There was no nothing. There was no, like, preemptive. He just rolled on up. Yeah, he rolled up like, like I'm balling. I'm here. I'm, I'm the <laughs> Were you intimidated or nervous? Because this is obviously one of your musical heroes. You know what? No, was because the surprise I didn't element have time. caught you off guard, right? No, I, I didn't have time to be nervous. I was like, I got, I got to go to work, man. I was like, even if Bruce Springsteen shows up, I'm going to, I got to go to work. There's people that are here to see my band and... Nice. If you're here, that's great. And I'm not like ungrateful or anything like that, but I'm working, man. And like, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. I'll talk to you later. I got to go play. Because like, showtime is, is, that's it for me. That's real time. That's like, that's, you're not messing around. Those kids could be anywhere else. And if they're, if they're in front of you, you better, you better go out there and give them something. Because, and I don't care if Madonna shows up or Bruce Springsteen or anybody, like those kids, honestly, they matter more to me than any, any of that stuff like that happens for me. You know? That's what Noel was saying a lot in the documentary last night is that yeah, he just wrote the songs. Yeah. It was when they were played in front of all these people and they were singing them back. That's when their songs became special yeah. and took on a new life. True. And then the fact, the one thing though is that the fact that he was there, that didn't settle into me until after the show. So I was like, whoa, I think we just played with Bruce Springsteen. And I like didn't even realize if it was real or not. And... And you're right there singing in his yeah, place. Yeah, it was weird. Like it was totally weird. <laughs> Your own song as well, and he's singing it back. I know to you. it's crazy. And then, and then I sort of realized, oh, like things might be different now, you know. And I was like, well, I wonder what's going to happen, you know? Like, is this going to be what's going to happen, you know? And so, I think from then on, for the next four or five years, that's what I was trying to figure out is what's going to happen because with with that came a lot of other stuff too, you know? Yeah. Uh, later on that day. Um, to repay the favor, as it were, he, <laughs> yeah. he, he called you out, or you went over there, and it, the enthusiasm and the generosity that he showed you in particular, you know, he was like, "Go on, Brian," and he just seemed like he was so elated and stoked to have you on stage with him. Yeah, and you kind of come up and you haven't got your guitar, so did you feel sort of naked in that respect? No, you, not at all. You're all good. Again, it was like <laughs> I'm here to I'm here to do my thing. Like, I was like, you're going to put me in front of 190,000 people. I'm going to show them why I'm here. Like, and you I was like it. full on. Like, and if I fell on my face, I wasn't trying to say that I knew I was going to do well. I didn't know if I was going to do well. But I went out there and I was like, I'm giving this 1,000% and I'm taking some of you with me. And that's it. And I just went for it. That was yeah, it. You, did. you can't do anything else. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. You know? Because I was thinking the whole time that I just went out there, I was like, my mom's going to see this. i got to hit it out of the park. I was like, I didn't care if anybody else believed in it. I was just like, my mom's going to see this. So I was just like, I'm doing it. Like, this is my shot, you know? Yeah. So um, so that year, obviously, I mean, I read earlier, tell me whether or not this is true, that Kerrang! magazine put you guys on the cover before they'd previously written anything about you at all. Yeah, that happened, for sure. So how, how does that come about? <laughs> Do you still not know? I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I think they, they were just like fans of the record. And then they, they were just like, we're going to put you on a cover. And I mean, to tell you the truth, it probably had a lot to do with, uh, I think it had to do with them, but I also think it had to do with, uh, with, um, with, with Emma, at, uh, at our, who was doing our press, like at the time, like she, she just, I don't know, man, like she just knew she was like, she was in it and, and she knew how to, 
I don't know, man. She sold us like we were like like the the second coming, like, yeah. and it was just like, okay, and 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 she was good at it, yeah. and and that's that somewhere between that connection, between, I think it was, it might have been Paul at the time that was that was running Kerrang. I'm not sure, um, but between them, their enthusiasm and Emma's enthusiasm and her, you know, she does good press. So so it that that was probably the reason why it happened because I had nothing to do with it. To tell you the truth, like I had absolutely nothing to do with it. I didn't, I didn't convince anybody. I didn't sell nobody. I didn't do nothing. I didn't shake nobody's hand. I didn't pay nobody out. They just showed up, and I was like, "All right, Karang wants to put us on the cover." I didn't even know what that meant at the time. Yeah, yeah. Because I was in New Jersey. They yeah. took pictures of us in New Brunswick. I was like, "I'm just hanging out at home." And they're like, "We're gonna put you on the cover of our magazine in England." I'm like, "Well, all right, cool, cool." <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what that is, but cool. <laughs> Two good people, man. Yeah. Um, tell me about your memories of making that album. The jump for me between Sink or Swim and the 59 Sound was, was pretty massive in terms of the sophistication in the songwriting. Did you feel like you'd hit your stride by that second album and did you feel like you were onto something deeper and more mature and more realized? No, because I, I don't think I've ever felt that way. Right. You know, like I think it was just the next thing. I was just working, just like trying to get, put my head down and working. And, you know, that was it. But definitely not like I didn't think we were going to do like anything of what it did for sure uh, there's a lot of soul for me in that album and I know that you get the Bruce Springsteen comparisons from that era a lot uh, but for me there's also that element of I mean the list of songs we went through at Reading about guys and writers that had shaped your voice as it were one of them that you mentioned was Sam Cooke mm-hmm. and I think that first album definitely has that sort of 50s, 60s stacks kind of southern soul vibe right? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I was into. You know, scene that's, that's what I'm into. I like that music, you know? That's like my, one of my favorite music in the world. Like that and folk Amen. music and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, it just seeps in, you know? You, and you, 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 what you put in comes out. So, I was doing it. Um, tell me about touring Europe. I guess this would be the same year, 2009, with Social Distortion. Love um, fun? We did only like four or five shows. Right. Uh, but it was cool like they're cool guys you know like they're they're really they're nice guys like we had a lot of fun with them and it was it was cool but like it was just it was short it wasn't like a full tour right right so and then the Rise Against one was the same year uh, I'm just trying to put you in the eye of the beast you know yeah. when old's just sort of kicked off that was longer that was like uh, like 9 or 12 weeks that was like a long time um, and that, that Rise Against tour we were opening up so it was us then it was Thrice Alkaline Trio Rise Against so there was a lot of like big bands that we had all sort of been fans of yeah for a while and I think that tour that probably cemented us you know as like some kind of band but the Social Distortion tour was after that that right. was like a couple of years after um, and Rise Against at that point were kind of on a huge a massive huge. trajectory as well right yeah. Savior Arena's and- huge that was like Right after that Swing Life Away album, I think. Yeah. It was like the second album after, or the next album after that, and it was like huge. Was it Mass Appeal? I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I should know these. You should. Um, so you, for kind of a young musician growing up in New Jersey, tell me about the projects that you were in and involved with before Gaslight, and uh, I guess the formative early years that... There, there wasn't really like anything to speak of. Like that was just kind of. So it really was, as yeah, it seemed was from the outside, like looking walking in. around. Like that was just the, 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 those were just like, I don't know. Um, nothing really happened. It was just a bunch of like, bunch of, all spark, no fire. You know, like those bands. It was just like, nothing to speak of really, because it wasn't. Nothing happened. Nothing ever happened. Yeah. So that was it. And I mean, we we always, driven. To become a musician not always but uh you know when i decided that i was going to do that i think that that was like a there was no other choice that was just it your mum was a singer right she was and so music was was that present from you know as early as day one as, as far sure. back as you can remember yeah absolutely tell put us in the scene of your household growing up as a kid i mean it, it's it's like a lot of households you know but uh it's yeah, it's just you know that's one of those things where like I, I mean I don't know that that 
I don't know if that's like a, a thing that'll show anybody anything I mean it was like it was me and my mom and like we listened to a lot of music when I was a kid you know I was young I was a young kid and uh, that was that was just what we did you know we just sang songs went to church (laughs) so were you an only child I wasn't yeah yeah were you a sociable kid do you have a lot of sort of friends at school do you have a lot of peers that you I mean I I don't know if I was a social kid no I don't think so I think I maybe had like a couple friends but like that's not really like didn't I wasn't really interested in in uh, I don't know like talking to other other kids for some reason I, I always felt like I had something to do <laughs> really do yeah. you think you've always been driven in yes. one way shape or form definitely so definitely I just I, that's the way that I I kind of do things it's like I just do it like full on and that's it and I can't I can't hear any of the negative or positive or any of that I just go. I'm like, I've got to do this. School? How, how were you at school? Were you like a high achiever? Were you academic? Were nah, you sort of more of a... Like, I was, school was a waste of time. Was I, was it, just what, to, it was, I, was, I had to do it just to pass through it. How can, me, how can you think school? that so many musicians, so many, I, almost every single musician I've ever spoken to, just never quite fitted in the mould of what school had to, to offer them? Do you think part of music is finding your own voice and not accepting what's being told is the accepted viewpoint which is a lot of what school is about I think so but it's not it's I mean for music's not about like just like arbitrary like rebellion either you know it's not like you 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 don't choose to be like an, an outcast nobody ever chooses to be uh well, in the same way you don't choose to be a homosexual or do you know what I mean? Those things are... You're just born that way, right? Yeah, but I guess that's like a much different... Right. That's that's a completely different scenario. Okay. Like, that's... <laughs> I see what you're saying. Do you know what and, I mean? And sure. Like, I guess... What, yeah, I mean... But, it, so, I mean, I would not compare what I'm going to say to, okay. like, the burden of, 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 like, making a choice like that. Like, that's like a, that's like a heavy life choice, you know what yeah. I mean? And that people... And I, I don't... I, to be honest with you, like, I'm only talking about... You don't you don't make choices to be like uh not accepted by anybody i mean i i guess yeah like if you if you felt uh you know like if you were i guess the kids that i knew who who were gay growing up they felt that way like they felt like i i didn't you know i i didn't i didn't choose to be on another on another path than the majority um at the time, you know, because at the time, like, that wasn't heard of, like, when we were young, like, you didn't, like, we didn't, I didn't know anyone who was gay when I was growing up, until I did, yeah. and then when I did, I was like, to me, I was just like, whatever, cool, let's just carry on whatever we were doing before you just said that, I don't care, you know, like, okay, that's good, great, next, you know, like, that's like telling me you're having eggs in the morning, just because it's like, to me, I, I don't care what people do, or what they think, like, I, I, I judge a person on who they are, not like, like meaning how they treat people like yeah, whether yeah. are you a good person are you a bad person are you are you selfish are you are you you know like that's that's the things that i judge a person on not like they're care who they who they like what's yeah. different it doesn't what doesn't even play into my my mind it just that's like i know it's a big deal to the rest of the world but to me it's like cool yeah oh you're wearing a red shirt you're wearing a blue shirt oh you, you like guys you like girls great okay moving on let's go Let's hang out. Whatever. Yeah. If we're friends, I don't care. If we're not friends, I don't care. You know, I just, I don't care what people do. Like, whatever their choice is, man, that's their choice. And, like, to me, that's not where I was going with this. But uh, That's all good, man. I just feel like, you know, you have to clarify because what I'm saying is, like, those are, those are heavy life choices that people make. And I think what I'm talking about is a less, less significant life choice. Like, because, you know, when you go to school and you find yourself on the outskirts and you, you you don't put yourself there on purpose you don't say like i'm gonna be a loner because i i like being alone you know you're 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 by yourself because you feel misunderstood and you feel disconnected um and so that's why you you end up there like it, I, sometimes there, there are things that, you, that are not chosen by you by you they're just it's just what happens you know and um i don't know if you're if you're born that that way as far as being a loner like because I don't know if I was like I think that that's more of like a a relationship to society thing like I think that the personality that has been shaped in my life has 
directly resulted from upbringing and and what I've learned you know so it's like uh, much different I think but I don't know I can't speak because I don't you know I don't know you threw a curveball in there that wasn't I wasn't <laughs> that's not has nothing to do with what I was talking about about music so I was like you went very socio like you know I was like okay let's we could do that too I feel like the music questions that I was throwing at you weren't stimulating your interest that oh. was my move so I wanted to try and Oh, oh, oh okay, the, okay. The debate and well, you, just no, talk about life, right? No, sure. Uh, no, I mean, I think that I'm, I'm thinking about it, but uh, um, I guess uh, I mean a lot of that stuff is that that happened, like with the band and all these tours. Like that stuff has happened. Yeah. Like my eyes are forward. You know what I mean? My eyes aren't looking back. I'm not. I'm not ready to be like, oh, look. You know, like. All this stuff happened. Like, I, I still got something to prove. If that's what you know, right, if that's right. what the message is. Like, I don't like. I don't care at all about the Fifty Nine Sound or any of that stuff. Like, I think it's an awesome record, and I like it, and I think it's one of the best records that I could have ever made with any band. But that record's done, and I'm not living on that record. Like, meaning like, it's been done. It's yeah. recorded. It is in the catalog of records that were made. You cannot live in that that spot. You have to move forward. You you have to move to the next thing and the next thing after that and the next thing, because if you don't, then you just become like the jukebox band, and you're like, oh yeah, we're gonna just like tour around and, and make money off something we did ten years ago. Which to me, a lot of bands do down. that, right? And that yeah. wasn't ever on the cards for you. No, because it's not about like not not appreciating that record or that time. But it's just, I'm definitely not old enough to be looking back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, Absolutely. for sure. I have not, I have not given up yet. So, <laughs> Let's get a bit more sort of, I guess, kind of a recent history context then. Um, get Hurt seemed to me obviously about trying to get rid of people's preconceptions of the band and try new things and, you know, I guess push the envelope, um, for want of a better term. Do you feel like you achieved that with that album? Um, I, you know that that was like a disjointed record. I think that uh, I like some of the the songs on the record, but um, like the making of it was at a it was it was at a disconnected point. So there was a tr- it was hard to make that record. You know, like because it was it, it wasn't like the band firing on all cylinders. It was kind of us like trying to figure something out. You know, and I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, maybe it's a good thing or a necessary thing. I'm not sure, but like, it wasn't like a spot where I'm like, like, I just, I definitely don't not like the record, you know, like, but I, at the same time, I'm just like, yeah, moving on, you know, cause it's like, it was just a weird time. Do you feel like the entire <laughs> lifespan of that band was almost a bit of a weird time? You mentioned earlier on at the start of this conversation about how, you know, Bruce comes out and you sing with each other and then everyone's like, it pushes things in a certain way. Yeah, because when you when you get pushed, and when that happens, like at such an early stage in your career, what you do is everybody all of a sudden turns a spotlight on you, and you're like, "Oh, well, this must be the next Bruce Springsteen." And you're like, "Wait a minute, I don't even know what we are yet, you know, because this is our second record, and we're, yeah. you know, we're on this indie label from California, and we're we're not we don't." We haven't figured this out. I haven't thought about my five-year plan. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still working on my my today plan. So I think having that kind of shoot out at you like that quick is is a little different. And uh, you got to be, I don't know. That that's like a tough thing to to try and like get through. But again, like it it also propelled us into this whole new thing of of people that that were checking us out. So it was cool. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
can't hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Talk to me about where you're at right now in terms of your songwriting with the guys that you've got around you. Um, is it a band in the traditional sense? No. No? no not at all. Okay, so not there's either. no of that kind of Glasslight Anthem collaborative? No, no, not at all. Absolutely not. <laughs> so tell me about how you go about writing. You do you on tour? I, I write just all the time. Every day as yeah. in life? Well, not every day, but like I write all the time. Like in, in, on tour, at home, wherever I am. Like I just, that's what I do. I'm a songwriter. Yeah. So it, uh, it's just part of what I do and uh, it never stops but it's not it's not something that I do in a group um, at all you know and like um, even but even in, in Gaslight like I wrote the songs like just on an acoustic guitar usually so all the stri- the the basics of the songs like I would st- I started just in my room like playing an acoustic guitar you know and then like we bring it to the band and then they, they put their ideas in it and then it changes a little and then that's what it is um, but but no, I don't. I don't really like, like, jam on songs with people at all, because that's just not the way I do it. Is that going back to that child in you that's kind of you know maybe learning guitar on his own in his bedroom in his own headspace? <laughs> I don't know. Just creating his own <laughs> voice. I don't know. I think that like because obviously some people view music as a very collaborative experience, and that's like where the magic of music is. Where's the magic of music for you? What's your for me, it's it's about communicating something that you feel with uh, with other people, you know, and and writing and trying to get what you're feeling down on a page, and then hoping that that connects with someone else, you know, and like makes everybody. It, I don't know. It makes the world a little smaller, which is a good thing, in my opinion, you know. And that that's that's what music does. It just sort of draws people together because, like, especially in like this world, like there's just so many dividing lines you know between people like i'm i'm a republican i'm a democrat i voted for donald trump i voted for hillary clinton i i'm straight i'm gay i'm catholic i'm protestant i'm muslim i'm this i'm that there's all these like definitives that separate people and i feel that at the baseline of all of humanity it's like yo we're all the same like we have the same structure we both everybody's got lungs everybody's got a heart everybody's got liver everybody's got problems everybody's got joy it, and it it would help if people could see that more you know what i mean i think some people do see it i think that some people see it really well but like i think the divisions are so there's so many that it's like how can you I mean, yes, everyone should be an individual. I think that, you know, yeah, that's cool. I support that. You know, you want to be an individual? Yeah, go for it. But the, just the, there is a commonality no matter what you say. Like, everyone feels the same thing. Like, you put on, you know, like, I don't know, you, you, you like, you put on Madonna, everybody wants to dance. I've never seen nobody not want to dance to Madonna. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care where you come from. Like, you, you'd be, you know, black, white, green, red. I don't know. You don't, you don't, yeah. everybody likes Madonna. You know what I mean? Like, you know, throw on some Michael Jackson. Cool. Everybody's dancing. Throw on, you know, like every breath you take, people get like a little down. All right. Yeah. That's a good song. But, you know, and then, and then like, that's like what I was saying before, like the thing about that soccer chant and then like, don't look back in anger and like, the people singing that, that that like unifies people i think that's what the point of music is and music is a place where 
you don't have to believe the same thing or agree with the person that's standing next to you at the audience. You just you're just realizing that you're all you know you're all people, and like I think that's the one thing that's special about music. I don't see a lot of other things. Even sports, like it divides people by teams. By, by this, its very by nature, that. right? By the, yeah. yeah, by its very nature, it divides people. It's one team versus another, and I love. I, I think it's cool. I like sports, you know, but not in humanity. You know, not in. I don't want that in humanity. I just like, you know, too many people are doing these crazy things, and I think, especially nowadays, just. I think that at a at a real basic level, it would be so nice if people could just. That's what I meant before when I was like, you know. What somebody's religion or race or sexual preference or, or whatever, literally to me, it makes the difference of what shirt you're wearing. That's how important it is to me, to, just to me. Meaning like, I do not care. I like you and that's it. Like we're the same, no matter what you do, me and you are the same because we're both human beings. And like whether you're a woman or a man, or whether you were a man and now you're a woman or were a woman and now you're a man like none of that stuff matters to me it's just like you are a human being and that is what i'm trying to connect with is that intangible thing that make what is that that makes us both human beings is it because we have the same bones and blood and tissue and whatever or is it because is it something bigger than that and i think it's something bigger there's a connection between humans that it uh, is just I don't know if it's forgotten or if it's not paid attention to too much, but like there, there is that connection and it, you can't forget that. And I think that music is the last thing maybe that brings people together. So that, that's probably what drives me to create music. That's what I mean by that is it's just like, I don't, I don't want somebody to not go to my show cause they're, they're Catholic and there's a, a Muslim there and they don't like Muslims. Like that would, that would bum me out if I found that out. If I found out somebody that like didn't was like, oh, I don't like these people. What are you talking about? You don't like these people. What do they ever do to you? You know, and like, or, or who cares? You know, like who just? It's ah oh, man, it's so frustrating. Where do you think we're at with society? Because there seems to be this dual thing going on at the moment. Where on the one hand, people are so much more of our generation liberal, accepting, understanding. On the surface. You think it's more of a surface? No, I don't think everybody's on the surface, but I do think as a society on the surface. Because it does seem to be moving in more of a progressive way, right, on many levels. Sometimes, I, I, I would hope so, but I think that it's more, I think it's on the surface. I think that in private, I think a lot of people don't have those views that they may say in public. I think that... Or on the internet. Or on the internet, exactly. I do think that some people truly are not being sincere when they say that. Because if if societally there was a shift and that people were more accepting, we would definitely not have the problems that we have right now. We would definitely not have people being like, oh, I'm a, uh, what did they call those people? Like, alt something. Like, the, they were like, I, I was reading about it the other day and I, I haven't read enough to know what's going on. But like, they're like, calling these people who are like I, I'm assuming they're like um, they're like full on like racists like and they're they're, oh, yeah, they're calling the them like all something yeah. and I'm like yo you're not all nationalist yeah something. all national you're racist that's what you are you, you get out of here that's what you know yeah. what are you doing man like it's 2016 are you serious like look through history did you see how that worked last time like that didn't work and like why are you causing more divisions like I just I don't get it man like I don't that bums me out a lot because it's and then they find these like PC names that sort of don't make it as bad it's like when the dentist says this is gonna you're gonna experience a little discomfort yeah you're, no you're softening it what you're gonna experience is excruciating pain. pain that's what you're gonna experience and what you're saying is like well we're just like we're just an alternative society no you're, you're racist and you're not cool and you gotta get out of here and that's like that's a bad thing and I think that you know, that's but not both something. our nations are in that spot at the moment, aren't they? With, you know, moves like Brexit and and Trump, and and then the reaction to that is, it was only initially over here anyway. Then it seemed to die out very quickly. Hopefully, it'll be the same in America. But yeah. after the the result of whatever election was revealed, there's kind of like this wave of hateful incidents is happening, and people yeah. are thinking that it's okay to behave in a spiteful, xenophobic way. That has it's since not. died down a bit, but it was almost like for a moment it was 
it's okay to be this way and everyone show their true colors for a second and it's but like, that's what i'm trying to but say what, what's their think... driving because i don't think all those people are racist maybe do you know what i mean there must I have no be idea there must be some dissatisfaction within them that's causing them to feel anger and pain at their lot in life and, you know, Do you know what? I mean, if I obviously you're standing on the street and you're calling someone a horrible yeah. name and you're a racist, right? But if like, if you just voted for Brexit or maybe just voted for Trump because you thought it was the right thing to do, what about those people and where's that divide? How's that come about? I don't know. I mean, it's crazy. I think, people it? people make decisions like. I'm not trying to say that everybody that voted for Donald Trump is a racist at yeah. all. Like that's yeah, that's, a, that's, what, a, that's what that's insane. Yeah. Like that would be insane to say. Yeah. I think that people, there are people that genuinely thought that that was the best thing to do. Why yeah. they believe that, I don't know, because I didn't talk to them. Yeah. But um, Do you meet a lot of people at shows? Do you ever get into conversations with fans about big topics like this? I don't like to talk to people who aren't, uh, I don't, I don't want to, sometimes, you know, it's a, it's a real fresh thing for, for us over there in the States. And uh, to me, um, I think that the opinion that I gather needs to be... Uh, you know, like, well, advice is, is welcome from all sides, but uh, the complaints, I don't know how I feel about right now because we're, we're dealing with it. We, we have to live in it. I'm, I know that everybody else has to deal with the repercussions because America has such a big part in the world society, but we need to deal with it at home first and yeah. figure out what, what's happening now. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's weird. It's a scary time. Like, I don't know what's... I don't know what's next, you know. People are unhappy, I know that. Do you think it'll Not feed, everybody. Do you think it'll feed its way into, um, without being too romantic about it, you know, obviously traditionally in the past when there's been times of strife and unrest, it creates good art because people are questioning yeah, what the fuck's it going should. on. It definitely should. I mean, I don't know, I can't say for myself yet because I don't usually dictate that before it happens. But, you know, I think that, you know, it... it, it it will, I think so. I think for sure it will. It'll inspire something new in in people. Yeah, I think it has to because it's 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 obvious. It's right there, you know. It's right in front of you every day. Have you found touring uh, as you know an American at this point in time abroad? Has it been notably different? Have you felt people's attitudes towards Americans change? Because I noticed when I went to Europe after Brexit, there certainly seemed to be a slight animosity on some level. And maybe no, not animosity towards you because obviously people come in to see your shows. Yeah, people they like they you. Know, <laughs> and they know, and they know where they know how we think. Like people know how, I, like they they know by now that we're not like we're not trying to shut anybody out. Like I'm not right. trying to like I'm not trying to screen anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? For like whatever, just because of your your religious beliefs, I'm not trying to. You know, I I don't. Whatever you think, like I said, whatever you think, I, like okay, cool. I'm not going to isolate you or build a wall between us and Mexico, which is absurd. Um, I just have to... We're good. Um, like, you know, like, again, though, like, even while saying this, I can't help but feel stupid because I'm an uneducated musician who graduated high school 14, 16 years ago. I, like... What do I know? Well, you've seen a lot of the world in my I time. I have, that brings but its own. I feel very unvalidated in my opinions because every opinion that I have is I've really built it because that's what I think from my life. Yeah. I'm, I'm really not a big person to be telling other people what to think. And the reason why is because I don't think that I know it all yet. You know, like I don't know... I have not found what is the, you know, the truth or the, the bottom line or whatever it is in life and humanity. I don't understand. So that's why I hesitate to make heavy opinions. All I can say is what I think. So anything that I say, it's just what I think. It's not necessarily, it's not fact at all. And it might not, and people might disagree with me. People might say like, oh, well, I see it from a different point of view. And I'm like, yo, that's cool. I respect that. And if you want to lay it on me, like what you think, you'll lay it on me. Maybe I'll learn something. But like, I know, I know not, <laughs> the only thing I do know is true is that I know that you, you can't separate people because you don't like them because they're different than you. I mean, that's just like, you learn that in the sandbox when you're a kid, you know, like I didn't care that like I grew up, everyone was African-American that I grew up with. Everyone. There was five, 
five or less than 10 white kids in my school when I grew up. I did not realize that until I was in high school and I moved to a town where no one was African-American. There was like two. And I was like, the first thing I said, I go like went home, I was like, mom, this, why is this, like why, why is everybody white in this school? Like what, what's up with that? And she's like, yeah, let me talk to you about different things. And she laid on some stuff, you know, cause my mom's pretty smart about that stuff. She was, she was in Washington DC during the sixties and all that. And she like, she grew up and, but I didn't, that to me came as the biggest and first shock of my life culturally because I thought I did not see the difference at all. No one ever said, you see that, you see that, that little boy over there that you're playing with with brown skin? He's different than you. No one ever said that to me. That's such a major problem I think as well is so many Yeah, why would you do that? You have to learn how right. to hate, right? You don't just hate I naturally. think you do. Because it has like, to be passed on or... Yeah, like, Roll out. you know, I've even made, it, made an effort. Like, I have, I have two kids. My eldest is, he's almost four right now. Every time we've gone somewhere, if he, he has never said, like, if he says, look at that man, look at that woman, you know, and they describe, you know how kids are, like, super open. Yeah. He has never used skin color to describe anyone ever. And I'm proud of that, to be honest with you. Yeah, man. Because I have never taught him that there's a difference between the cartoon character that's pink and the cartoon character that's brown and the cartoon character that's yellow. And that's how I plan to continue to teach him. Like there is no difference between anybody. Everybody starts, when you meet somebody, they start at 100. You know what I mean? Like give them 100. They're the best person you ever met in your life. Let them dictate whether it goes down. Don't, their skin doesn't do it, their race, who they go to bed with doesn't do it because guess what buddy? You don't have to go to bed with them. You don't have to hang out with them. You don't have to go to the same church as them. It doesn't matter. That's a great like, life viewpoint to have. That's well, it's a great true, man, because it's none of your fucking business what anybody else does. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I absolutely. hate that. I hate snooping more than anything. Like busybodies and chatterboxes about other people's lives. That's the biggest thing. Like in my personal life, I hate it. Like when people get involved in things that aren't theirs. And it's like, dude. I say dude because I'm like talking I'm thinking in my yeah, head yeah, to yeah. my kid and like yeah, we yeah. call each other that. Like, hey dude <laughs> yo bro like you know because that's just where we're from but like so I say to him I go dude like don't you know he doesn't acknowledge that but when he's old enough I'm going to tell him that I'm going to be like you know I don't know because I'm I, like I, I imagine the first time that he sees somebody who like you know, maybe he knew growing up was a girl and now they're a boy. Like, I'm sure that's going to happen. Like, when he's in high school or college or whatever, and he's going to come home and he's going to be like, yo, what's this? You know, and I'll be like, listen, you know, like, I'll be like, that, what, I, the first thing I'm going to say to him is, what difference is it to you? Like, what does that affect your life? And he's going to be like, nah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what he's going to say. He might say something wild. But <laughs> the point is, is you have to consider this is true in anything. You have to consider, before you decide your opinion on it, you have to think, what did that person go through to have to A, get the courage to make that decision, B, struggling their whole life thinking, everyone's gonna call me a name, everyone's gonna, gonna shun me, you know, because I, like, I know people that have gone through this and they, they've told me that this is how they felt. I'm gonna lose all my friends, I'm gonna lose my job, I'm gonna lose my career. Everybody's gonna think I'm a weirdo. Like, you, you have no idea. Plus, there's things that you could never experience that, that they've thought of and they've had to go through to think of this. How about you meet them with a little sympathy? How about... Respect as well, yeah. How about you just ignore it and yeah. go on and have coffee? Like, and then if they want to talk to you about it, if they want to get real with you and they want to tell you about it, then listen. Just listen. Don't offer an opinion because you shouldn't have an opinion until you know. Like, you don't have an opinion. I don't have an opinion when I meet somebody, you know what I mean? Like, because I don't know. You have to listen before you form your opinion, and you gotta you gotta try and see things from the other person's point of view. Of like, imagine the road they walked to get here, where I'm meeting them today. That's a heavy road, and that goes. I'm just I'm not talking about people who That's are just, just your like transgender. Right? Yeah, yeah I'm your, not. Yeah. It's, I'm not speaking of transgender only. Yeah. I'm speaking of your average you Joe, Jane, yeah. everybody. Everybody, imagine the road that they want because you don't know. You don't know. Maybe that guy was like, 
oh, this guy was so rude to me or this girl was so rude to me. You know what? Maybe their, maybe their parent just died. Maybe their best friend just died. Maybe they just got a divorce. Maybe they had this. Maybe they had that. You have no idea where somebody's coming from. And the whole point is if you can try to understand that before you meet them, that's a great place to start out with people. That's, and that's just from experience. That, that's how I feel about my life. It's just to go, all right, you know, cool. It's just a simple thing, man. It's just like everybody's, everybody's the same, and you know everybody's got their story. And it, to me, it's sad that like the people that are the quickest on like the internet to jump on somebody, you know, like they're ready to just jump. They're ready to like. They're like. They're like. You know, like when you're in the jungle. Like I, I'm really into cats. Like I like cats a lot. Like jungle cats, you know. And they wait and they stalk. And then they pounce. And when they pounce, it's like vicious. Like they'll crush your skull with your Jaguar jaw. style. It's yeah. like full on. Like it, and it's a planned out thing. Yeah. I feel like that's the way that people are on the internet. They just wait and wait and wait and wait for somebody to slip. And not in a big way. In like a little way. Like, oh, you didn't, you didn't have enough of this group on your thing here. And you didn't have enough of that. Yo, don't attack me. Like I'm Have with you, you man. Have you seen that show Black Mirror yet? No. Nah. But I'm like it's exactly that. I'm like I'm on the same side as you. Like, and and you know who usually it's the first one to say, rich white kids, rich overeducated white kids. They're the first person jumping on everybody. And I'm like, you know what? Shut up, because like this is like, this is not, dude. Just shut up. You're not helping. But they're jumping on people who are on the same side as them because they didn't think the same way as them. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. you're like, wait a second. So you're trying to tell me that like, because I didn't think of this one specific thing that was on your mind at the time that you thought of it, now all of a sudden like, you're making these judgments about what? Like, get it? Yo, I don't have time for that. Like, I'm busy working. I'm trying to make the, the whole thing a better place. Like, I don't have time for your opinion. And that, that stuff is like, it's too weird. Like, I mean, I think that there's things that you should jump on. You know, for sure. Like, there's things that should not Some be tolerated at all. For and- yeah, but I'm not talking about the person who slips and, like, like if somebody, like, says something, I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, of course. There's people that, like, say some things you shouldn't say. That should be jumped on. But when you're, like, say, like, somebody's over here helping, like, one cause. And then another person pops up and goes, well, what about all these causes over here? Be like... How about you stop pointing your finger at me and go help those causes then? You know, I'm doing my thing over here. What are you bothering me for? It's I'm on your team. Finger pointing, exactly. Too much and that. that's not. I don't like that. Like I've had enough of that with the internet. I'm tired of that. But you know, that's the internet, man. I feel like you should go and Skype your. Uh, is it your son? Is it two boys you've got? No, I got one boy and one girl. One boy and one girl. Um, I know you want to get doing with that soon. Um, very quickly before we kind of wrap things up, how is fatherhood? Change, change your perception and your outlook on, on the world. It's taught me I don't know anything. That's for sure. It's definitely taught me that. Like, for everything that I thought I knew, I don't know anything. And, like, it, it's also, you know, it gives you a restart in your life. Like, you, you get to restart because you go, I'm seeing, if, I'm, if my job is to teach this child how to be a human being, you have to assess your own life and say, okay. What are my preconceived notions? What are my biases that I need to change and address? Because whatever I put in to this child, they're going to carry into their adulthood. And you want your kids to have a blank slate. You know what I mean? Like, you want to give them the best chance that you can to to go forward. And it sort of made me see humanity through their eyes and sort of see it as new and unbiased. And like, not that I was ever biased before. Like. I know a lot of people that I grew up with, like, especially in the punk scene that, like, used to be, like, you know, maybe had some opinions back in the day that they shouldn't have had because they fell in with the wrong crowd. I never had that. You know what I mean? Like, I always kind of, I'm grateful to my mother because I always had, I, she always taught me, like, right from wrong. Like, nobody's different. You know what I mean? Like, the junkie on the street, the guy in the business suit, nobody's different. And I appreciate that she said that because it, it taught me a lot. Um... That's one positive thing I learned from going to church when I was a kid is that like I didn't have like the bad church experience. Like nobody ever I never been uh 
you know, where my mom took me, no one ever taught me about any hate in church. Like I never learned how to hate people in church. I learned how to like take care of people, you know, when I was growing up, which I'm, I'm grateful for because I know that there's a lot of churches out there that like maybe, or I've heard, I, I don't know because I haven't been to them, but I know, or I've heard that, that there are quite a few that are, are not like that. But the ones that I went to were extremely just like, yo, never mind any of this. That person needs help. Help go help them. You know what I mean? And that that's the bottom line. Whether they believe the same thing as you do is not. That's not a selling point. It's just like you need help. Like if you if you saw somebody in the street with a broken leg, you would. Hey man, like let me tell you about Jesus. Um, before I fix your leg. Yeah. You know, like what are you talking about? Get out of here with the Jesus. Like I'm fix my leg, bro. You know that that's what I would say to somebody. I'd be like, get out of here with you. You know, I, I, Jesus, whatever. I mean, whatever. I don't care, Buddha, whatever. Like I mean, get out of here with that. Don't sell me that. Fix my leg, man. I'm. I'm can't get up you know like you gotta I'm trying to sell people anything plus what do I know you know what I mean like I haven't like I always people ask me about religion I go what do you think of religion I don't know I'm trying to figure You're it out still man trying to figure that out as of well course, right of yeah. course that's a, why we're here right yeah I'm it's, trying to figure out something that is beyond the scope of my reasoning how am I ever gonna have like how am I gonna tell you what to think I, like I got I'm trying to figure this out for myself you know, and like on a daily basis trying to figure it out. Like, I don't know, you know, and all, all I've come up with in the whole scheme of it is that if you see somebody that needs some help, you got to help them. And everybody's the same. Everybody starts the same. It, it's the rest of it that makes them different. And I choose to not be different. Like I choose in my life to not allow anyone else to be isolated from me. So if you believe something different if you think something different or you come from a different background or upbringing you like different music or whatever whatever it is you choose i refuse to let that come between the fact that you're a human being and i'm a human being and i i appreciate just the fact that you're alive and i'm I'm glad that you're here you know what i mean that's it you know for me which is very very not on the topic of music but it's been great, man. But and it's there's why hope, I do right? It. There's hope. Yeah, like because I don't think that this I don't think that this world is is gone off the deep end yet. I still think they can change. There's a younger generation that's coming up that's super like open minded, you know. Like, and I'm proud of that. Like, proud of like I'm I'm proud I'm part of it because I'm I'm teaching this boy to, and this girl to. I mean, she's she's really young, so she's not like she's <laughs> yeah, still, yeah. so that, that's why I'm focusing <laughs> on on the on the one because he's just he's of the age where he's starting to really learn and uh, and. But like I, I have I have two shots to make this world different. You know what I mean? Like is that it? You're done at two. You're gonna stop there. Two's enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't have enough. Uh, I don't have enough energy, man. Like to do. I got. I got. I, I can't. Yeah, yeah. I gotta. Well, you got one of each, so that's perfect. Yeah, right? I was. Yeah. I'm like. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm out. I'm good. I got the. I did it. Um, but yeah, like now for me, it's just about trying to just trying to make sure that they're okay. You know, and like and not. You know, I, I just want to raise. I want to put some some positivity back into the the world, and you know what they do with their lives—that's their choice. But while I can help it, and while it's my job to raise them, while it's not their job to raise themselves until they're older, but while it's my job and I'm the one making the decisions, I'm gonna raise them to be just cool. Just you're cool. Everybody's cool. Help everybody you can. That's it. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.